Trent Condon alongside LaShawn Daniels back with you again on Locked On Hawkeyes. A look at the football offseason and what the last week has been. The benchmarks that Iowa has to hit 25 points per game. We'll get into that and a whole lot more today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in once again to the Locked On Hawkeyes. Best I'm Trent Condon. That's LaShawn Daniels. And thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Well, LaShawn, it's been a couple of weeks. Appreciate you hopping on once again. Schedules weren't met well, but we're ready to go here. And uh, what a week it has been for Iowa football. Boy, there is plenty to talk about. How you been doing? Uh, Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Yeah, it's just been crazy, crazy few weeks. Uh, just getting back in the swing of things for the new year. And um, just happy to be back on the pod today. Well, looking forward to a, a big conversation. We're going to talk a little bit, kind of what the players are going through right now, but want to dig into what we've heard here over the last week and start with the latest news from the other day as they put some benchmarks in place for Brian Ferentz to maintain his job. The contract will be terminated if he can't hit two very simple benchmarks. Seven wins. I didn't know that was the goal of Iowa football, but apparently it is when you have Brian as an offensive coordinator. And secondly, 25 points per game. Not 25 offensive points per game, just across the board, 25 points per game. So that's where we are. Uh, well, I think you can tell already where I stand on this one. Your takeaway when you saw those numbers the other day. Yeah, uh, I was a little surprised. I'm going to be honest. I was a little shocked. Uh, just the just because of the benchmarks that they chose for that. I mean, for, for really a, a couple of different reasons, like, for starters, first off, like seven wins. I mean, that's not entirely decided on by your offense or whatever. Obviously, you know, the defense, special teams is going to do uh, typically do a great job. But I mean, a lot of different things happen throughout the year. So seven wins seems like an odd benchmark. And I know that's not something that we ever really strive for as a program. Um, obviously, every year we strive to firstly win the West, win the Big Ten title, and then um wherever it takes us after that when the next whatever the next games we have after that but yeah seven wins is never something that's on our on our table as what our goals are i mean usually whenever the one the one year we did win seven only won seven games it wasn't a fun time in the complex so that's why it seems like such an odd benchmark and then yeah 25 points per game it mean granted it's not great it's not a it's not a real high mark to to reach i think it is like 25 points per game average is like 80th i think in fbs uh football uh around there which again that's not anything above average but that said 25 points per game last year i was scores 25 points i think they would have had a record of 11 and 2 but you can't think of 
what could have happened is just focusing on the future and what now. And I feel like 25 points is just it. I feel like there's other benchmarks. I feel like that you should have to strive for as offense versus just just that. And obviously, again, like you said, 25 points is, again, that's a part of a collective team thing. Like it's not 25 offensive points. There's a lot of different factors that play into a scoring throughout a football game. Um, and obviously defense and special teams have done their fair share of that over the past several years. They're not very difficult marks to hit. Uh, and with Iowa, with the schedule they're going to have, with the team they're going to have, they're going to be much better offensively. I mean, a huge upgrade at the quarterback position. Offensive line can't be worse than it was a year ago. Caleb Johnson now for another year under his belt at the running back position. And and LaShawn, we're really excited about his future. And he's got a chance to be just a dynamic playmaker back there. Wide receiver, again, another position that can't be worse. And then a tandem of tight ends as good as anybody, certainly in the Big Ten and maybe across the nation when you combine Eric All along with Luke Lachey coming back as he becomes an upperclassman. You have all these things come together. They're going to be better offensively. So my question is, why? This isn't something that satiated the fan base. In fact, it, well, it pissed off the fan base, I think, even more. So why do they do this? Is this Gary Barta? Is this Kirk? Why come up with this? Why put this out there? Did they think it was going to help? To be honest, I honestly have no idea. I honestly have no <laughs> idea. I feel like, like, I definitely feel like this probably had to have been a Barta thing, but yeah. I don't want to make any assumptions. I'm, I'm like, I'm just taking a guess and, and just spitballing right now because, like, it just seems odd to put that out there and let everyone know, like, hey, this is exactly what he has to have to obviously keep his job, um, for Coach Brian to keep his job. And you're looking at it, it's like, like everyone's going to know, like, exactly where you at, where you stand. And I feel like, that's only just going to add to the pressure that, you know, you already had in the building to begin with. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, it didn't, it only made the fan base more upset because it's like those marks again, like you said, they're not, they're not, you know, anything out of this world. There's no reason why a power five football team shouldn't be able to hit those marks, especially a power five team in the big Ten, such as Iowa. So it's just like, why even bother, like putting that out there, letting the entire world know, like, yeah, this is where we stand. This is, this is where we're at with um, Coach Coach Brian Ferentz and his offense as a whole. So I just, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was, thought it was strange. I thought it was just odd timing as well. It's just everything around it was just weird, just weird for lack of better term. You know, a week ago there were very pointed questions towards Kirk, Kirk during the press conference about Brian. Uh, I believe it was Scott Dockerman of The Athletic asked, uh, what makes Brian a good coach? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? And Kirk didn't answer. Instead, he said, well, I'd lump him together with Phil and LeVar. Well, that's not what the question was. There were very pointed questions, and Kirk wouldn't answer. And this is a spot that we were. And, and when you put your son in the role that you are, there has to be some kind of accountability, yet Kirk doesn't want to answer that. that that's the way he runs the program. We've talked about this in the past, LaShawn. Don't say anything in press conferences, right? Don't give anything to the media. Don't do anything like that. So we know that's going to be something that, frankly, they do seemingly every single time. But that's the frustrating part. Gary Barta is sub supposed to be his superior. And I guess that's what it is. This is Gary Barta showing the fan base, hey, I am doing something here. 
I am doing something. I am actually being Brian's manager. I, I guess that's what it is, but it's difficult to wrap your mind around all of that. What about the press conference last week? I, I'm sure you you saw some clips or maybe read through the transcript. What did you think as you were going through there and reading it? Because a, another one that led to a lot of frustration, certainly in the fan base. Yeah. Um, you know, with that, it's, it's another one of those things where it's like, uh, obviously, Coach Ferris was trying to kind of cool everything off, try to create some, I don't know, any inspiration, motivation, like, hey, like, we understand where we're at as a program. We understand kind of what things need to be done and uh, how to get it done. And we're obviously working to get that stuff done. Um, and obviously, they, they tried his best to, I guess you would say, win the press conference, right? You can't really win a press conference, but um you know that's what that's what he tried to do um and frankly i mean there probably wasn't too much that he was going to be able to say that was going to make everyone be like this rah rah like yeah unless obviously yeah. it's just like yeah we're going to go ahead and make significant overhaul change uh staff changes on the offensive side of the football and so on and so forth and obviously we knew that that wasn't going to happen so uh you know looking at the press conference as a whole i mean there wasn't too much that coach fairness was going to be able to say that was going to um, I feel like change everyone's minds right now. Guess where the program is at. So uh, I didn't. I wasn't really expecting too much from Coach Ferentz, to be honest. Like, it, like once he talked about, uh, hey, there wasn't there wasn't going to be any staff changes. It was just like, okay, like there's not really much else from him that I'm going to be expecting for him to say that's going to sway the minds for everything. Obviously, they they're in a part of the program, part of the offseason right now, where they're really taking a look a long hard look of what they did last year and a bunch of things that didn't work and how to fix those things and see he, he kind of talked about that a little bit over the past uh past couple weeks um and throughout the media so as we move forward here it's just going to be interesting to see how this sort of stuff starts to develop what changes they start to make offensively how they start self-scouting each other themselves how they start looking when he gets in the spring ball and moving forward because you see there's a lot of work that has to be done and coach parents mentioned that in the press conference and you're as a fan base it's going to be one of those things you want to see um significant improvement versus last year because obviously like you said earlier it can't really be worse last year offensively than <laughs> yeah. uh, what we were at so they're going to get there. It's going to be better. We're going to talk about what we expect to be better next year. We're also going to talk about what if something happens and we don't get to that point. The future of Iowa football, if they don't hit, hit these benchmarks, not only is Brian gone, is Kirk going to be gone? We'll get LaShawn's thought on that as we roll through here. This is a Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at we got the Super Bowl right around the corner. The only app that you need for your party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. As you can tell, we're excited about our new betting partner here on Lockdown because well, they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. So many great features they have make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, 
FanDuel lets you bet on everything for the money line, point spreads, who will score a touchdown, a huge prop menu, anything that you could possibly imagine. They have it over there at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Trent Conn and LaShawn Daniels back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes listen every day. All right, LaShawn, what a, another comment that I have had over the last day or so, and that's if they don't hit these marks. Let, let's say a Cade McNamara injury. We're not wishing for anything like that, but things happen. It's football. And they don't hit the benchmarks. And Iowa, how about this? Iowa has a nice season. They go 9-3. and three. They don't get to the championship game, but a nice season. They're 9-3. and three. They average 24 points a game as opposed to 25. And Brian's contract is terminated. Does Kirk stick around? Does Kirk come back for another season knowing that that's something that is sitting here in my mind. If ultimately because of these and things that are put in place, we know this is Gary Barta's doing. I mean, he wanted to show the fan base that hey, I'm doing something here to make them happen. If they don't hit that for an injury, for whatever reason, and they even have a nice year. Could you see Kirk Ferentz saying, nah, the hell with it. I'm out of here. My son is fired. I'm not going to go through this again. I'm not looking for another offensive coordinator because I certainly could envision it, LaShawn. Uh, see, that's the, that's the thing. I honestly don't know. I mean, I know uh, Coach Ferentz, uh loves our program. He loves football. Um, obviously, he spent a big chunk of his life uh, at at Iowa. So I, it would, it would be something that would be very, very interesting to see kind of where he would go after that. I mean, I see that would be something very, very tough to go through. Obviously, it's been tough on on both Coach Ferentz and Coach Bryan over the past uh, few years around the offensive side of the football program. And um, I'm sure that they feel pressure and pressure, um, you know, week in, week out, just kind of mounting whenever the, the offense doesn't produce. And uh, I know it's not something that uh, he's enjoyed. That's for sure. I know that for a fact he hasn't enjoyed uh, the way that they performed. And I don't know. I don't know if he would just flat out walk away. I mean, obviously it's getting to that point in time where, I mean, it's, I would be shocked, obviously, if he start if he coached another 10 years at Iowa, but you never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you make a good, make a good point that, Hey, if son does get fired um, and, you know, you finish off on the, on a good note, like it could be a situation where it's like, Hey, like I can go out like this. Um, like I can leave the program like this and then leave it to the next guy. But I don't know. Coach Ferentz is a person who is very, very prideful and uh, he's always going to want to, to write the ship and obviously end things on the way that he wants to end it uh, versus on someone else's terms. So like, like you said, if they don't hit the benchmarks, uh, Obviously, he's he's probably going to feel some type of responsibility for it, and you know, not possibly not want to end it that way. But like you said, if something if he does have to fire son, his contract does get terminated. Uh, you know, who knows? It's something. Maybe it's something that him and the family won't want to go through. But you know, I don't want to make any any assumptions or anything like that. 
players are going to be upgraded. Quarterback's a huge upgrade, and we've gone around it around in our conversations last year, LaShawn. I've been doing it for three years as him, him as a quarterback. They need an upgrade, and they have it. Offensive line is going to be better. They go into the portal, get a couple of players, look like two guys that are going to come in. One's going to help a tackle. Another one's going to help inside, either center or guard. There's going to be improvement. Plus, the guys that are around and come back for another season have just that, another season of it. When you look at what the offense is schematically, though, and we've seen this now for six years, you know, the one thing that I continue to talk about, and obviously, you know, X's knows a whole lot better than I do, is it just doesn't feel like the passing game marries with what they're trying to do with the run game. The, this tree, the route trees that they run, what they're doing in the passing game schematically just doesn't work with Iowa. I know you're limited at times with wide receiver and protection and all those different things. I know they work hand in hand, but do you see some of the same things where just at times it doesn't feel like what they're trying to do both in the run game and the pass game, they work together real well. Yeah, no, you, you you make a great point there because, yeah, there's no, like the offense doesn't flow. And we've seen it, we've seen it a bunch of times throughout the football season. And a lot of times it's really like you see the first, the like the scripted drives, usually like the first 10, 15 plays of the game offensively. And, you, and you, they look pretty good. Like they look decent. It's like, okay, they put together a drive, they go down. Um, they at least move the football. They're not, they're not ending up three and outs. Um, maybe they even get a field goal or, you know, in rare circumstances, score on the first drive, uh, score touchdown on the first drive. And then it's like, like after that, uh, it's almost like it feels like you're, it almost feels like they're doing coach suggestions like off of Madden. Like that's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> like, like just the plays just kind of seem like, like random and it's not like and it doesn't feel like they're really building off of each other um throughout the game and when you look at them the first first drive it's everything's kind of hitting on a bunch of cylinders obviously there there were some games here and there last year where it wasn't that way but there were times where you saw the first drive and they're moving the ball they're humming um run games working balls coming out fast they're completing passes um and it looks like a like a regular offense and then you get into the game and then another team starts making adjustments and then after that it just feels like like yeah it's just like just things aren't mirroring together whether it be hey we're trying to run you know outside zone plays um and then you know we're trying to come off of that and we're trying to take a take a deep shot down the field um just things the things don't marry real well at all and I feel like that's something that they've got to look at. Um, and that's something they've really got to look long and hard at because you can't just come out and have a good, you know, first five to 10 plays. And then after that, not be able to produce. And that's part of that's a big reason of issues of why they weren't able to move the football and score points last year. And obviously, yeah, there were injuries. Line play wasn't great. Um, wide receivers were down to <laughs> like a couple scholarship guys out there on the active. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of trouble there, but yeah, like you said, like the plays, sometimes they don't mirror well, well, and there's times where it does when it feels like they're humming, and there's other times where it's just like, yeah, it's almost like you're picking plays out of a hat, and you're almost trying to be too smart versus just doing what you what you know how to do best and letting your players go out there and play fast um, to, to produce points. So that's kind of where I feel like where they were at last year, and let's hopefully this year with the uh insert of, of new players and potentially better players that you're able that they're able to um, do a much better job at that 
No doubt about it. Well, we're going to take a look here at the offseason as we wrap up. What are these Iowa football players going through right now? We always hear about the offseason. That's where games are won. And, well, they are going through it right now. LaShawn's going to fill us in on the details. What's happening in Iowa football as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Trent Connell, LaShawn Daniels, back with you one final time here on Locked On Hawkeyes. All right, LaShawn, let's get into it. These guys are going through workouts. It's February. Now, right now, it's not freezing cold, but there are plenty of those cold days. You're getting up. So what's a typical day like in the life of an Iowa football player as a setup currently, getting up, going through the workout during the offseason? Before we get to spring football and you got practice to get to and those kind of things, what is the offseason kind of playing like for these guys? Yeah, so right now, this is probably the most chill part of the entire year um yeah this part is definitely the most chill part of the entire uh you know year of a student athlete life of a student athlete so um you know you get back school started school school gets started um and then like as far as like your workouts here all the workout all the lifting groups are in the morning um and you know depending upon how your schedule is will turn on when you lift usually there's like there's what it's six, seven, and eight a.m. groups, or something around there. Uh, it was probably actually it was probably like six, seven thirty, and then uh, nine a.m. groups. Um, I usually try to make sure that I was in the latest group, so I sent my classes a little <laughs> bit later, so I didn't have to get up early. Like you learn that you learn that early on in your career. You're like, yeah, as a freshman, you're like you're usually in the six a.m. group, and then after that, you're like, that's the worst. So you're like, yeah, I got to make sure I move my classes so I'm able to. Uh, go to a little bit of later groups. Um, and then lifting program is like the first couple of weeks, it's really focused on GPP, which is general physical preparedness. And um, that's just obviously getting, getting things back. You haven't been lifting in about a month. You have really haven't been working out. So now you're trying to get back into, you know, lifting strength conditioning mode. So we'll do like a lot of sled pushes, tire flips, uh, ropes, you know, all the, all the, you know, typical cliche stuff you see around, you know, football program training. And then after that, then we really start getting into heavy lifting and a lot of speed work. And that's basically like in the mornings. And then you obviously have classes most of the day. Um, you'll come back in the evening for for a training table. And then usually maybe once or twice a week, players will get together and uh, just just watch a little bit of film or we'll do, we'll run routes with quarterbacks and you know catch passes and things like that. Um, because like right now the coaches can't really be involved at all. So like a lot of the stuff is, is player led or strength conditioning led at this point in time. So right now, yeah, this is the most chill part of the, the entire life of a student athlete, but it's a lot of work. Uh, this is a part, part of the year where usually a lot of your youngest, uh, guys are going to make the biggest gains strength conditioning wise. Um, guys are going to put on a ton of, ton of weight if they need to add weight. Um, or they're going to get a lot stronger and a lot faster, um, basically from this January to, you know, late March uh, strength conditioning phase. Good stuff there. Well, a good fill in and kind of what these guys are going through, getting ready for next season, getting ready for spring football. We'll see what that looks like when we get there. There'll be a few reports. We'll hear some things. We'll, of course, also get to see the team out there, hopefully for a spring game or. 
a spring practice that's open to the public. Always fun to see the black and gold out there hitting helmets one time out there during the spring. LaShawn, a lot of fun. Big week setting up here for Iowa basketball. The men take on Purdue on the road, the number one ranked team in the country coming up on Thursday. 5.30, it'll be the women against number two, Indiana. So a couple of huge basketball games and what a fun week it was, both men's and women's last week on the hoop side of things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great. Obviously, it was it was awesome watching uh, Iowa beat Illinois the other day. That was a that was just a great, great, great day. And then Caitlin Clark's been on a just complete tear, just absolutely just lighting it up. Um, you know, what she had like last two games, triple doubles, and then yeah. one was on like a forty point forty pointer. I mean, they've been <laughs> they've been firing. She's been playing like best player in the entire country so uh yeah it's been exciting exciting week for Iowa basketball both on the men's and women's side so let's hope that you know we can continue that momentum obviously they got some big matchups this week um going to play the number one team uh you know at Purdue is not going to be the easiest task (laughs) at all um but you know hopefully they go out there and, and they put out a good showing and then yeah the girls have another tough matchup um against Indiana again um, going to their place as well. So it'll be it'll be an exciting week. And you know, you, you just hope that you see some some continuing encouraging basketball play. So because we're getting closer and closer to the tournament and you wanna you wanna be firing on all cylinders when you get there. So no doubt about it. Hey LaShawn, as always great catching up with you. We'll do it again next week. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Hear from our big name experts, the insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Well, great stuff from LaShawn today. We will talk to him when I get back from vacation. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we will. We'll preview that Iowa-Purdue game, break things down. Biz is going to stop in. We'll get his perspective on things. We're LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Connell. We'll talk to you again. Go Hawks.